Hello and welcome to Opening the Gates to More Listings for Estate Agents with me, Simon Gates, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Mr. Chris Trott. Chris, thank you very much for joining me. Hello, Simon. Right, I said to Thanks you... Thanks for having me. You know, you're very welcome. I said offline, we're going to jump straight into questions. Um, so first thing in the morning, we're probably still a bit sleepy. Um, two coffees, I'm ready. Good, I've had one, one coffee, so I might be a bit behind you. So first question, you, you've, you've, been, you've owned your business now for, it's about two years, isn't it? Literally two years? Just under two years, yeah. We have, we've just booked our two-year party, actually. So yeah, nice. I can tell I you about that. Uh, did my invite get lost in the post or...? Uh, no, it's, we haven't, we've only just booked it, so your invite's <laughs> on the way. Good. Um, so bearing in mind you've just got to two years, what do you think is the best piece of advice you've been given by someone in that two years? I think the, the best thing that is, is when starting a business or whenever anyone starts a business, I would imagine they have a vision already because mm-hmm. that's what drives them to start the business. For me, is don't lose that vision and don't lose that drive because it's very easy, i found, is a lot of people want to talk to you, um, good and bad. A lot of people give you their opinions, good and bad. Um, but you've got to remember it was you who started it. So you should stay at the foundation of it all to drive it forward. Love that. Um, that sounds like, would you, do you think when you, you might not want to answer this, but when you, when you decided, you know, to just over two years ago, you, you, you wanted to go into business and, and, and partner up with Phil, was there, was there doubters? Were there people saying, no, you should stay on the high street? And, and, uh, there, and was, there was, there was, I would say it was probably about 50-50. There was um, people, even friends, even my own family, (laughs) um, doubted. uh, I I mean, there was it was a weird time. It was COVID. um, There was a lot going on in the world. And when we decided to, when we made the decision, um, a lot of people were like, look, we we know that you're good estate agents, but that's one thing, but having a business is another. And um, I'd never done it before. Phil never done it before. Um, but yeah, in answer to your question, yeah, it was about there was a, half of people were doubting. I think a lot of people were encouraging because they thought they have to be. Um, but like I'm sure you've heard from other guests and you will hear from other guests, in starting your own business is, is a big risk. But you've got mm. to believe enough in yourself to do it before other people believe in you, if that yeah. makes sense. You've yeah, got yeah. to have your you've got to have that clear vision in my eyes. Otherwise, it's how do you see the end of it? If, if, if that makes yeah. sense yeah yeah no i absolutely love that so having that drive and determination and i think whilst you we're talking offline and you might have little niggles in your head we're talking like about imposter syndrome and stuff but i think with anything whether you know i've never set up a, a, a business but i think whatever you go into you've got to go into it with the mindset of this will work it will not fail because i think i see people uh, they might do a direct mail campaign they might do a social media advert and you can see they've already got this view of it might not work and it's like if that's your mindset it's it's destined to fail from the start yeah. it's it's mindset is, and again i know that you listen to other podcasts and um industries uh well people in our industry all over the world and every if you listen to everyone who's successful they always bring up mindset um mm. and you've got to have your mind in the right place because that is what drives you and um you know i'm still in our youth of having a business and we still have way loads to learn but yeah the number one thing is just have the belief in yourself first yep. don't listen to anyone else if you genuinely believe you can do it you can do it it's that sounds really cheesy and like i was no, pre, no. pre-set that to say but <laughs> it genuinely is the case so yeah no i, I love that actually no, I'm, I'm i'm huge on, on mindset um so i think that's a great way to to start a podcast it's actually got me pumped for the rest of this so thank you love for it. that <laughs> right let's cast ourselves back two years ago can you remember your first ever listing as coast and country real estate 
I remember my first few. Um, okay. Yeah. It, yes, I, I can. Okay. It was a two bedroom flat, actually. Okay. But, um, one of my friends recommended to their friends who it was there, uh -huh. it was their flat. And uh, no one had ever heard of this before. And I remember sitting in the living room, having done this uh, thing a million times for yeah. other agencies. Uh, and yeah, it was it was weird. It feels different when it's your own. Yeah. So, so you, yeah, actually, do. you actually uh, answered my question before I was even going to ask a follow on, which was good, because I was going to say, oh, that first listen, where did it come from? You said recommendation. So when you first set up and you've just said no one knew who you guys were, as a business was there a lot of family and friends giving recommendations and that's where you got business yeah. from to start it, we we actually go back and i know i joked about having our party so we've committed every year that we're open so i hope it's a very long time huh. we will throw a celebration party every year for the, the years we've been open nice and the idea of that is it's it's to actually invite all of the everyone who supported us from day one and, and we've Phil and me have said this in loads of our Facebook lives and everything we do. We literally would not be here if it wasn't for friends, family, um, old clients and people that have recommended us because we still probably do about 90 percent of business or recommendations even now. And that's two wow. years on. Um, and a lot of that has come from, I think, our own um, principles. But in all fairness, um, when we were um, partnered with Keller Williams as well, they very much ingrained that into people that it is a relationship business. And I think that you and me have spoken about that many times before. Um, for me, again, it sounds another little, like I pre-made this saying up, yeah. but it is all about the relationship. It's not actually about the property in my eyes. It's about the relationship with the person who owns that property. The rest of it will happen naturally. So would you say uh, on the last two years of your business, you have relationships that outlast the transactions then? Yeah. yeah. I even speak to buyers and sellers now when we just text each other. doesn't even have to be about properties. I got invited to a, um, uh, as it was one of our, again, one of our earlier vendors. He, we moved him from a flat into a house. He now wants to sell that house and move to Devon. Okay. And they've just invited us to their wedding. Wow. So... You know, so we've kept in touch for 18 months. Um, and sometimes the text has nothing to do with the property market. It's just how you're doing, yeah, yeah. you know, how's your job? Because it's not all about what we do. Like we generally do care about what the clients do for jobs and, yeah. you know, what they're, I mean, they're obviously getting married and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, for, for us, it, the rest of it will happen after that. It's that relationship because, I mean, and he's recommended us to about two or three other people. Yeah. So, you know, the way I see it is like one person to actually value a relationship with will naturally lead to other things in the future. You just yeah. got to let it happen. <laughs> Not like kind of expect like a lot of agents obviously go out and they want the listing now and they want to yeah, see yeah. it now. But what's going to happen in a couple of years time? That's yeah. that's how I look at things. So absolutely. I uh, when you were just saying what you're saying, I sold a house to a couple uh, about five years ago now. Um, and two years after I sold, I became very, very good friends with them. Um, and they demanded that they took me out for dinner after the sale had completed. Now, they were buyers and they paid significantly over the asking price. They still wanted to take me uh, out for dinner to say thank you. And they didn't know this at the time. But I, I think in 2017, I'd gone for a few like European city breaks. So yeah. I think I think I'd gone to Dublin, Barcelona, Paris, all within the time of their purchase going through. And it was a nightmare. The owners of the house said there was no upper chain that classic and then they're like oh well we might do this we might do that and I had to keep you know um letting them know what's going on but again just being honest saying look this is what they've told me this is what they're now told me and it took absolutely ages and they're incredibly patient um but fast forward two years from then 
I then actually went and stayed in their villa in Orlando, Florida. Wow. They were like, we want wow. you to go in, uh, go on holiday and enjoy this place. And literally they said, you pay for your tickets, you pay for Disneyland and Universal and all that sort of stuff. But like, there's a villa. And I didn't know that when I was selling them the house. It just so happens over dinner, they're like, oh, we've got this place in Florida. I was like, oh, my God, I've always wanted to go to Florida. Like, you can have a key to the house sometime if you want. Wow. That, that's that's the thing in it. It's like, you know, you never know just by, you know, just by caring about someone, caring what happens. It, it's, it leads to so many other things. It doesn't have to be work-related. Yeah. Like, obviously, you know, the villa, well, yeah. that's a great yeah. thank you present. Absolutely. And I think, like, again, like, the, the relationship that's been built, I've known him for five years now, and it was even uh, the other day um, they messaged me going, hey, it's um, Ben's 40th birthday. Um, we'd love for you to come. Sorry, it's a bit last minute. I was like, I'm so sorry, I've already got plans. But again, they actually messaged saying like they felt bad. They're like, oh, sorry, the, 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 the invite's last minute. It was a bit of a, um, you know, um, we, we just kind of forgot about it uh, and uh, on the side. But I was like, look, don't say sorry. Like yeah. you got loads of friends and family. But again, the relationship built there is, I think when COVID hit and we can go out anywhere, we can see people, blah, blah, blah. I think it probably been 18 months since I'd seen them and went for a drink um, when we could. And it was like catching up with people and old friends you'd known for years. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I love the whole like relationships outlasting transactions, being more relationship based as opposed to transactional. So it's been a lot of that is one of our, again, principles. And um, we put that down to um, a lot of our successes, basically. So, yeah. And did you say around 90% is recommendations? Well, about that, yeah. And um, some, somewhere in another, someone has recommended, um, you know, even even down to Facebook recommendations. Yeah. Friends are on Facebook in the, these various groups um, and they will recommend us to someone asking a general question to the public. Yeah. So, you know, there's, I think, um, one thing that I've learned is a recommendation or a referral isn't just someone in a pub with someone else and I want to sell my house, go and speak to Chris. There's so many different ways that people recommend people nowadays. Can, can um, you, can you, you elaborate know. on that? What are a few different ways that you've, that you've had recommendations? So we've had, um, I mean, the way that it, I've started to realise it is from colleagues of mine. So obviously we're a bit bigger than just Phil and me now. We've got a few of us. Yeah. Uh, it was only yesterday uh, that Sean, our lettings guy, uh, he was at a party um, uh, and someone was saying, oh, I've, I've heard about you guys. I've seen you guys. I, I kind of know Chris. Um, and it was, I don't know who Sean was with, but um, they said, I've seen a lot of the stuff that you do on Facebook. I've seen the five lives. I've seen, you know, you guys seem to want to do things a bit differently. I've seen you do some drone stuff and all that. And he got talking to them. And again, that wasn't, that's actually not resulted in like written business, but he said the conversation that this person had, he said, you don't actually know them that well, but they feel like they know you. Yeah. And they said, oh, if we're going to sell a property or we speak to anyone, we always think of coast and country. Nice. And, you know, that's a very loose way of explaining, I think, to you how, um, the referrals and recommendations just don't have to be an actual face-to-face conversation. Um, and I think on what you, you, you said as well, I, the kind of language you used of it's not written business. And I think we, again, from a transactional point of view as, as estate agents, we're so guilty of looking at a recommendation, referral, whatever it be, and go, yeah, but has it resulted in business directly? And it's like, but you don't know that person has had that conversation with your colleague. Yeah. Well, who else are they? saying i mean i, I i've had a, a recommendation in the last 24 hours um from a client of ours to a multi-brancher um and they basically said look we've been speaking about yourself in home search behind the scenes 
So it's like, well, how many conversations are being had behind the scenes about what's being done? So, so I love that. Question um, that back to you, though, Simon. It, like this, I know this is you interviewing me, but I remember you and me have never physically met. Yeah. And we've done everything on the phone or via Zoom. Okay, mainly because of COVID a lot of the time. But um, I've been a massive uh, fan of Home Search from day one, before I kind of knew you and obviously knew Sam and, and everything. Um, but I automatically just think of you now. When it's Home Search, it's, and I do, and I know that you've had people speak to you that I've spoken with. And I think the other way around is, I know that you don't sell properties, but you provide a, what I believe is one of the best platforms for estate agents in the country. And... I just say you've got to speak to Simon and then people end up loving home. Most people love home search that much. So they're kind of, I think, sign up there and then or, or want a part yeah. of it. So that's the other way around that. You, you're just automatically in my mind now. So uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. And if, if I, if I look back to, um, where are we now? Summer 22, let's cast our eyes back to, or minds back three years ago. So summer of 19, I'm still in a state agency. And if you said home search, I'd think Sam Hunter now, uh, being the co-founder and COO, he's had to have more of a uh, behind-the-scenes hat on in in recent years to to help push a business forward. So he's he's been less of the face. Yeah. He still is, but yeah, you say you say home search a few years ago, people go, oh, that Aussie bloke, <laughs> uh, and they were and they wouldn't necessarily fully understand still to this day what home search exactly does. But go, oh yeah, that Aussie bloke, Sam, oh, he's so nice. Um, so yeah, I think that personal branding is is huge, and obviously that's what you and Phil have, have done. It's not just coast and country of brand, is it? it? It's you as people. And and on that point, actually, uh, remind me, you are in in Worthing. What what is it? You sit on a board or something? Of what? What's oh, that? So that I do? sit on a. Uh, so I'm. Uh, there's two kind of things I do outside just being an estate agent. I'm I sit on the board uh, of the Worthing. Well, it's basically called Time for Worthing. Uh, and it's a group of people that's uh, chaired by the council and it's all about promoting Worthing. It's how to make it better, how to encourage investment into it, how to make it better for the residents um, and how to kind of make it a town where everyone wants to be over the next few years. And um, I became part of that because I'm currently the president of the Worthing District Estate Agent Association, a bit of a mouthful. Um, and that's something where a group of independent agents started back in the 50s. Oh, wow. And it's always been about promoting um, good standards, good practice, um, even to a degree of looking after each other. Many years ago, there's been estate agents that have like passed away and things like that. So we've been donated to their funerals. And, you know, it's, it's, it's very much like about looking after each other. And I don't think you get that enough these days. I think estate agents... Weirdly, as much as they've got everything at their fingertips with technology, they've actually become cocooned in themselves yeah. and they feel like they've got to protect themselves from competitors, which to a degree I, I do agree with. But you never know when things are going to change and when you need to know other people. And I yeah. think that you're better at being friends with agents than enemies. Um, and I'm such a big fan of helping not just ourselves, but other younger agents be better, because I still think that our industry is not that good compared to other countries in terms of yeah. standards and how we're viewed. Um, if I can do that in our local town, then for me, that's a good thing. So I love that. So, so both of those roles are essentially you're very passionate about worthing an estate agency, hence why you do that. And a byproduct, I assume, which, again, has not crossed your mind initially, but a byproduct, I imagine, is you have helped improve the standard of the industry you've helped improve Worthing as a place but you've probably got some business along the way as yeah. well yeah people um you know but it's, it's it yeah a byproduct of that is people are like oh well Chris is the estate agent he represents other estate agents so he must be doing something right I guess so yeah. 
yeah so um yeah I, I didn't do it for that but I think inevitably that was going to happen at some point and I'm, yeah. I'm proud I'm like I'm proud to be an estate agent I'm proud to be a member of these things because yeah. I love this job so yeah. you know to do, to do more of the job uh, yeah. is it can only be a good thing brilliant so. love that um, I'm going to go back um, a few minutes to something you said about roughly 90% of your business coming from recommendations. So mm. where does that other 10% come from? Um, we've, uh, you'll, you'll like this, Simon, a bit of home search. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so you and me have had many conversations about how to use home search to, um, you know, win listings, basically. Mm. Um, and we've got loads of examples of that. Um, of the various different um, campaigns and sort of mail campaigns we've done, the reports uh, and things like that that HomeSearch had to offer. So HomeSearch is, and I'm not just saying that because I'm on your podcast, it, that has won us business in the past. What's what's one example that you can you can share? Uh, so irrelevant whether it was HomeSearch or something else. What what's one thing you've done which got you listings? I'm I'm thinking of something you did. I I'm, I don't know whether you're going to say like it. Or saying, not. Right, it I, I don't I don't think that. Um, scattergun approach as a lot of people refer to it works i think that's been done in the past it's an old way of touting um and the one thing that we do so i know, I know technically mail dropping is a, is a form of touting but i think you have to make it meaningful and it has mm. to be relevant to the people that you're writing to um the the successes that we have and still have even now and it started off the back of the first lot of home search letters we did uh, was targeting new build estates and I don't know if that's what you were thinking of. It but, was, yeah. You know, new build estates, um, there's been a massive surge of new build estates over the last sort of five to 10 years in our area, and I'm sure yeah. other places, um, help to buy, um, help to buy mortgages and stuff like that. That's an opportunity for estate agents to understand that that's the market that they need to appeal to. Um, and we basically, yeah, cut it very short. We wrote to all these people. We only targeted one estate. We didn't go 10,000 homes okay. or anything like that. It was only yeah. about two, 300 homes. Uh, highly targeted that estate we didn't write to them because we wanted to list their property we wrote to them because we wanted to advise them on the best way to deal with help to buy now we're not mortgage advisors but um a lot of people i think help to buy uh, has been a massive massive success from a government point of view but it's very easy for people to fall into that trap of paying low payments and carrying it on yeah so our goal was to advise those people that they can actually stay in their property repay the help to buy especially in this market because values have gone up um and get rid of that kind of shadow over them that they've got to get rid of that help to buy that then resulted in going to do some valuations and i think in one campaign I, if I remember rightly, I think I can genuinely say three listings came off about 100, 150 letter drops. Wow. Um, and it was only a group of properties. So, and like I said, the intention wasn't to go around there, list their property, put it on the market. It was to help them first. And it was going back to what we were saying. It's actually have a relationship with them. Because the other thing that I think a lot of agents forget is a lot of these new build estates, going back to social media, they pretty much all have Facebook groups. Yeah, absolutely. That's one thing we've learned very quickly. Uh, and I live on a newish build estate, and I think we're up to our 18th property that we've dealt with in my own in my estate. And that's wow. not the one I was mentioning um, yeah. th- sort of 30 seconds ago. So again, just to try and sort of wrap the question up, because I'm, I'm aware of time, um, I think that what we did is very, very highly targeted mail drops and very meaningful about the location that they're in. Nothing about we're the best agent, we can sell your property in a day. Could to be Anyone could have done that in the last 18 months, I think. It was to generally help people. So, so for, for any listeners going, oh, I'm curious about this, um, how, how does one do that? Just 
on home search, for example, literally what Chris would have done is he's drawn a map around that new build estate. He's then decided to choose probably owner occupied, hasn't sold in a couple of years, and he's clicked a button saying new build. It will then help him target the ones which are owner occupied. So you're writing uh, to the people who can actually make decisions on selling as opposed to uh, tenants perhaps there. Um, and it's a new build. So perhaps more often than not, there was some form of help to buy a loan there. And there was an interesting stat that came out the other week, Chris, that I shared on social media about how many help to, lo- help to buy loans had been paid off probably because of the strong equity growth that we've yeah. seen. Well, if people have paid those off, great for them, but are they now in a financial position where they can upsize? You know, maybe they're in a two bed with a small garden with, with COVID, they now need an extra bedroom because they've got a baby or they work yeah. from home, need a big gun. So I think in a market where we see so much low stock, what I keep trying to say to estate agents is there's so many people wanting to move and they just don't realise actually how movable things are. Um, yeah. If that's even the right thing to say, because they might read the news war government cost of living crisis interest rates rising if you just read and watch that you're thinking oh my god doom and gloom but actually if you speak to a local property expert who says well actually even with all of that in mind the fact that you paid 250 it's now worth 325 let's say that means you've got extra equity if you've got a a mortgage at this loan to value actually for 50 pound more a month you could have an extra bedroom extra bathroom and they're going wow i didn't know that so as you said, you're not a mortgage expert. It's, it's quite straightforward, isn't it? In someone's living room, you go, right, tell me, what, how much you got left on your mortgage? This is what it's worth. Okay, if that's what you've got left, da, 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 this is what you can go do. And they're like, oh my God, brilliant. Well, hmm. we could do that. Great, we've now got a buyer and seller. So I think, yeah, low stop market, you need to go and create a market, invent a market. Well, that's, in fact, that. what you just said there, create your own market. It's like, don't, just because it's low stock doesn't mean you have to go to the whole county to try and get stock. Just focus yeah. on, you know, for us, there's Phil and me, there's our admin lady, Charlie, and there's Sean, um, and we've got Chris, our land guy. There's only five of us. We, we, we're not a big agent and we don't pretend to be. So we wouldn't, we couldn't, if we went to the whole county and then ended up getting 100 properties on, we actually couldn't service those vendors properly anyway. So don't, you know, go start small to go big is what I would sort of say. Love that. Yeah, start small to go big. Another thing that I say a lot is uh, a typical estate agent, I've been guilty of this over the years, is they, and I always get this wrong, so let me let me think about this. They go mile wide, inch deep, whereas yeah. on that housing estate, you've gone inch wide, mile deep. You've really, yeah. really drilled down. That I think they've had there. multiple letters as well. And, um, you know, once we've spoken with them, even if they haven't moved, they go into our phone as an yeah. actual person, not just a number, they're an actual person. Yeah. Um, and then we, you know, touch base them every couple of months, you know, um, not, not that kind of every month you're going to list your property yet. It's just actually yeah. seeing how they're doing. A lot of people, I think a lot of people psychology, uh, psychologically, sorry, start moving at least six months before they move. Probably a bit longer, to be fair. So, 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 to, so to quote someone that um, uh, we both follow, Tom Panos, there's no yeah. such thing as a blind date in real estate anymore, as he says, right? They are researching you many, many, many months yeah. before. They don't just pick up the phone and go, hey, ready to sell. It's a bit like um, home search letters and other letters out there. Um, uh, agents who say to me, uh, one agent describes it as a breakfast letter. And I said, what do you mean by that? They said, well, it's a letter they put on their breakfast table along with all the other stuff on their to-do list. So he's like, they got a letter from us. They put it on their breakfast table. And several months later, they're like, oh, yeah, we, we're ready to move now yeah. because of X that's your stage and we're ringing because we left that letter on the table because we enjoyed yeah. the content of it and and when they were targeted cool right last question and it's a it's a it's a double question to end with 
Uh, and I'm intrigued okay. to know what your answer is going to, to be on this. So this could be related to a state agency or not, but what's the best piece of marketing you think you've seen and what's the best piece of service you've ever received? Again, can be Ooh. inside or outside of the industry. Okay. Um, this isn't because they are one of the biggest companies, but um, I'm a big fan of Apple. <laughs> And I think from a marketing point of view, um, they are they make it so simple. And that I know that's a really short answer. Oh, that's pretty good. But I just think it's just simple. They make it easy to do things. Um, and you know, following on that onto the other part of the question is if something's easy to do, um, you're gonna probably do it more than if it's harder to do. It's like, for me, it's human nature. Like Listing a property, if an agent goes in and says, oh, it's going to take a few weeks to do this and we've got to do that and we've got to do that and then we might sell it and you're, you're, going, you're lost people. If you say, right, all we, this is what we do, this is how we're going to do it and we plan to do it by that time, it, the, the client's going to more buy into you. And for me, um, I know a lot of people don't like Apple um, because yeah. of the way they lock things down, but I don't think anyone I've spoken with can deny their marketing. Um, so yeah, if you take the forget the forget the product, because that wasn't a question about products. You know, some people might be Apple, some people might be like Android. But marketing point of view, like I've asked that question to a few people. It's not the first time Apple have come up, and it's, really? it's something I think of as well in terms of marketing service. And like you said, keeping it simple. When you sent out those letters, if memory serves me correctly, there was a QR code on that, and people could yeah. scan it to see what the market was like yeah. for home. That's simple, isn't it? They don't have to pick up the phone to Chris Trott it's and go, oh, my and it's God. Yeah, I think um, I know you follow this person as well, Lisa Novak, from, yeah. again, another Aussie agent. Yeah, It's always the Australians we talk about, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, she she was saying, this is a few months ago, that genuinely she believes is like a state agency is more about it's, it's the marketing of that estate agent, not necessarily the properties, because obviously they need to see you first if they want to use you. Yeah. But also time is the new currency. I think Tom Panos said this as well. Is top, we, We've all said this over the last few years, but I think especially with COVID and especially with the way the world works now is time is currency. If you, if you want to do something, if you think of it, you want to do it now. You want to press a button on your phone and you want it to happen now. Amazon, yeah. you know, you, yeah. you want to press, I think it's one or two clicks yeah. and you've got, and you've ordered it. Yeah. You know, they, there's companies like that, that they're big for a reason in my eyes, because they just know what clients want or customers want. Yeah. And, they make it so easy to buy something. Um, you, you, yeah, that's why, that's why I believe those companies, you know, not just Apple, but Amazon and people like that, they are big because they make things easy yeah. to do with their products. So, so yeah, that's, that's sorry for that, that. That was an elaboration of my answer. because it was so, no, Just keep it simple. Keep yeah. it simple. And, and also don't be afraid to try and be different. Um, you know, we've always wanted to be different. And I think, you know, Apple, if you look, if you read like Steve Jobs books and all that, he didn't care about anyone else. He knew what he wanted to do and he wanted to be different. He didn't, he didn't want to be the same. And I think that estate agents, uh, and we're guilty of this as well, they fall into the trap of thinking they have to be like all the other estate agents. Yeah. And if I look back on some of the successes we've done and some of the things that people have noted that we've done, it's things that we do differently. You know, we're not afraid to go on camera on Facebook and we don't, yeah. we purposely do Facebook lives because I think it's more authentic and, you know, it's not, it's not perfect, but no one is perfect, but people know a lot of people phone us and they forget that it's coast and country. And for the, certainly for the first year, it was Chris and Phil. Yeah. And I don't mean to bring this back to us, but 
it's you know we we did we believe that it wasn't just because Philomy are local in the area but it's where we were doing things differently and people were noticing it brilliant love that that's a great great place to end uh in terms of be different stand out in your market keep it simple um a question i didn't ask but actually you've indirectly answered it one person to follow in the industry strongly recommend people go follow lisa novak because she does some amazing things she's great at doing her lives isn't she before a property goes to the open market so yeah try and stand out be different keep it simple go follow uh lisa novak but chris um thank you very much i think that episode was full of absolute gold uh and in terms of being different and wanting to share something with your marketplace that's simple we're going to jump off this podcast now and uh, this is a little teaser for anyone listening i'm going to show you something uh new coming to the marketplace soon which uh, is going to fundamentally fundamentally change the way people search for property so thank you again wow. for uh, joining Wait. thank you for inviting me on this podcast Simon. I'm, I'm well pleased to be on it and um, i really appreciate it good stuff cheers chris